In the name of God who creates, redeems, and sanctifies. Amen. I have always loved the water. Anyone who knows me well knows that. I love everything about it. And I grew up in a family that loved the water. Um, to be in the water, on the water, around the water. And one thing that my parents did very well was they raised me with a sense of a, a healthy respect for the sea. As a kid, I remember being told that even though I was such an accomplished swimmer, I should never imagine myself to be stronger than the sea. Because the sea is mysterious and wide and deep. There are currents we can't see, changing tides and creatures under those waves. It wasn't really fear that I learned. I wasn't afraid of the water, but I learned to respect what was bigger than me, what I couldn't see and what I couldn't control. I learned to know my own limitations, to be aware of the fact that I'm just one person. Any good sailor will tell you that you check the weather before you go out because of that mysterious sea, that you don't want to be on the water in the middle of a storm. So before you go, you check, and then you check again, and you don't go out if a storm is coming. But no matter how careful we are, sometimes the weather is a surprise. Storms come up, and they seemingly kick up out of nowhere. They take us by surprise, and if you're out on the water in the middle of them, it gets dangerous fast. The disciples know this. In the gospel this morning, they're in, a middle, in the middle of a storm and they are afraid. They must have been out there quite some time because the text tells us that it was early in the morning by the time Jesus comes to them. So they've spent the night fighting the waves, pulling against the wind, and they're far out from where land is. All of them, fishermen and sailors, are probably able to swim just fine, but none of them are eager to do that at night, in the dark after their boat sinks. All of them are aware that in a storm, anything can happen and that they are just people. Each one of them, fishermen and sailors, with a healthy respect for the sea. When Jesus appears and tells them not to be afraid, they're so scared, both by the storm and by the fact that he appears to be walking on the water that they don't believe that it's him. They think he's a ghost. And Peter, ever eager, presses Jesus. If it's really you, then tell me to come, and I will walk on the water to meet you. And the thing is, Peter actually does it. He actually gets out of the boat, and he does it, at least for a little bit, until he falters. He gets distracted by the wind and the waves and the storm. And Jesus reaches down and saves him as the waters rise up. There are a lot of ways to interpret this story, lots of lessons here, particularly in the literal version of the story. But one of my favorite ways to understand this passage is as an allegory, where the boat is the church. And the boat is the vessel, the ark of salvation, the thing that keeps the disciples safe on their crossing as they make their way to the far shore. The disciples are in the boat together, in the work of the church together, trying to go where Jesus told, him, told them to go, to meet him on the other side. And the disciples are in that, pulling in the same direction, doing the work together. The waves and the storm in this allegory are the world. They are the pieces of life that we can't control. The world that doesn't know Jesus. The winds, the waves, and the storms are the things that come against us in life, that kick up around us, that we have no control over. The things that cause us to struggle in our crossing. And sometimes these things come from nowhere. 
Sometimes they're real storms, like our tropical storm this week. Sometimes they're pandemics or the loss of a job, the loss of a loved one, grief, pain, anything really that causes us to struggle. These winds, these storms, these struggles cause us to feel like our little boat is being battered, but only if we think we're in the boat alone. If we imagine that the boat is just us, our life, our perspective, our work, if we forget that the boat, the thing that will actually save us, isn't just us and it isn't just within us, the boat that saves us is the church. And all of us are in it together, pulling against the wind, trying to get to the other side where we've been promised we're going to meet Jesus. But in the story, it takes a bit of a turn and it becomes clear, I think, that the storm is too much for the disciples. It must have looked like they weren't going to get there, like they were losing hope or they were in some kind of danger because Jesus intervenes before they can get to the shore. He walks out into the middle of the storm and he goes to get them. Sometimes the gospel that we hear on Sunday lines up with real life in remarkable ways. I want to be clear to say that the gospel is always alive, that it always has something to tell us, a gift to give. But sometimes you get a gospel passage after the week that we have just had an actual storm in the middle of a pandemic, while people we love are sick and dying, while protests in this country rage around us, while we're trying to figure out very practically what to do with school and church and sports while we're trying to do our best to keep people safe but still maintain some sense of normalcy, while this whole year has been so hard. And that was before the hurricane came this week that would knock most of us out of power for four or five days. So this morning, the gospel is doing its work. Because all of us, for the reasons I've just named and probably for quite a few more, if we imagine ourselves alone in our little boat I think almost all of us are feeling pretty battered for one reason or another in the middle of this very strange season. A lot of us feel like we're pulling with all our might trying to get to the shore and it just doesn't seem to be getting any closer. So to you this morning, the gospel has two important things to say. First, you are never alone in your little boat. The vessel, the ark, the boat that keeps us safe is the church. It is the church, the family of God, that promises us new life and companionship, forgiveness and mercy, redemption and joy. And we can only have all those things when we're in the boat together, when we choose to be part of the body of Christ instead of alone in our own little boats. And what that means is that when we're together, we never have to pull against the wind and the rain alone. You have people to lean on. Even virtually, even now, there are relationships to build and work to do, and you are not alone. And the second thing is that Jesus is always, already on his way to you. He always comes to us in the midst of the storm, especially when we get to a place where we just can't anymore. And there isn't anything that can keep him from doing that. If he can walk across the water to get to the disciples, if he can then he can certainly brave any kind of barrier that you can imagine. No matter what that barrier is in your life, he will best it. His love is bigger and stronger and more powerful than any obstacle we can create. 
than any storm that kicks up around us, than any wind or rain the world can throw at us, whatever that form is. We are never promised by our faith that life is going to be easy, that this crossing that we share in this life will be without challenge or struggle. In fact, I think this text acknowledges that there will always be storms around us, even for the disciples, because we live in a world of storms, of big waves and tricky winds. And no matter how careful we are as individuals, no matter how much we check the weather and try to prepare, we can't always predict what will happen and we certainly can't control it. But what we do know is that we will always have each other and he will always come for us. There will never be a pandemic or a storm or a year so bad or anything else that we could do, any mistake we could make that will prevent him from coming to save us, to help us get to that shore to make sure that we are safe. In Peter, there's one more good, good news, one more piece of good news in this gospel. And that sort of builds on the rest of it. Peter shows us that we are bigger and more powerful than any storm if we live in faith, if we ground ourselves in that boat. Because like Peter, sometimes Jesus calls you out of the boat and into the world to be part of God's work. And that isn't easy either. But when you step out into the mess of the world, into the storms that surround us, with the support of the church behind you, with faith inside you, hoping to follow Jesus, you can do remarkable things. You can help calm the waters of fear and injustice. You can help others who are struggling against the wind because they're hungry or hurting. And as you try to do that, if you follow Jesus, you need not be afraid. Because even if you get distracted by the wind, even if something starts to pull you down, the promise of the gospel this morning is that just like Peter, who is swept up in the storm, who is distracted and falls, and the water begins to rise up, Jesus comes to pick him up to save him to put him back in the boat. And this too is the promise the gospel makes to us, that you are far too precious to ever be lost. So this morning, remember that you are not alone in your little boat. We are all in this together. We need each other and we need to remember that he will always come for us. Whatever storm it is you're facing today, lean into the safety of the boat the safety of the people of God, lean into the promise that he is coming and the boat that is the church always makes it to the other shore. Amen.